Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Covington playing Levine, topside three ball, bam! Onions, baby onions! Zach Levine in the Bulls! Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. Levine to White, this time he gives it to Williams for three. The rookie, the Pumper! What a shot! Host Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep. Where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Are you flat out kidding me? Matt Peck used to do a great job with the Bulls Outsider Show. Now he's doing Locked on Bulls. There he is, human foreburn. Oh, don't mess with the pooch. But watch this crossover. Bulls bird of free league ghosts. So kick back. I'm not. Relax. And get ready for the best hour of your day. Uh, you know, I'm not. You can just see the vibe. And these guys are men. Locked on Bulls starts now. I love it. Pass to Levine with a right-handed jackhammer slam. Oh, my goodness, that was filthy. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. I'm getting out the dancing shoes. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley. Along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked On Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us at 331-979-1369. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Go download the Locker Room app right now. Join us for our Locker Room tomorrow. It's going to be probably a month now. We've done Locker Rooms for a month now, Matt, and they've been a lot of fun. Our first one was on the trade deadline, so good things happen when we do a Locker Room. So make sure you download the app, and we will be there tomorrow. Matt, what's going on? Big win yesterday, which is actually kind of surprising considering the fact that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown both played in this game, yet the Bulls steal one in Boston. Uh, How are you, man? Jordan, what's going on? What's up, Bulls Nation? Yeah, uh, certainly a surprising win, just based on the way that we've seen the Bulls play recently. I guess the Celtics were still shorthanded, despite what you said, Tatum and Brown both being questionable, but getting the green light. Still no Kemba Walker and no Marcus Smart, two big pieces for that team. Even still, I looked at that win as probably the Bulls' best win of the season. I mean, when you talk about signature wins, the Bulls have come close several times and they've fallen short just by a couple of points here and there, a couple of bad possessions down the stretch on what would be signature wins. But that's a Celtics team that had won six straight games coming into that game last night. The Bulls were on the road in Boston and they closed and good for them. And I don't know about you, and we can talk about every element of this game, the the people who had strong games, Vooch leading the way with 29 uh, and a double-double, Kobe White bounced back from a bad first quarter to make some big plays down the stretch. But I thought collectively team defense won this game for the Bulls. And it's not often this season that you can say that about this group. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to the goofy stuff in this game at some point here because we are going to talk about you-know-who. You know exactly who I'm talking about, too. On the Boston Celtics, who reappeared in our lives again because, of course, we will talk about him in a minute, but I thought the defense was great last night, too. Man, I think we should give... We've criticized Kobe White a lot over the last couple of weeks. I think we, he deserves a lot of credit for how he's played over the last two games. More specifically, he just looks more confident. I don't know if something has struck, like he finally hit rock bottom as far as 
what else can go wrong for me? And let's flip it on its head. And now he's kind of bouncing back. He's looked really good without Zach over these last couple of games. I don't know if it's he's finally adjusted to his role, feels a little bit more comfortable when he's in full command of the offense. I don't know. He's looked better in the last two games, so I give him credit for that. But yeah, it's our vets again, man, stepping up and playing defense multiple stops in a row. It's good to see that. Troy Brown Jr. already helping, too. It's a part of the reason why the Bulls traded for him. So I was happy, Matt. And honestly, I don't know what's one of the Bulls' signature wins. Like, I'm trying to think. Like, think about the guys that just played in this game. I, I get Brown and Tatum both played, but also think like Romeo Langford logged a. 11 minutes Grant Williams played in 12 Peyton Pritchard played 14 Tremont Waters played eight Jabari Parker who we will talk about in seven and a half minutes so this team wasn't fully healthy too so I would still think like the Portland game is probably their 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 signature win although they blew a 20 point lead what about you Uh, I mean any other positives from this game as far as guys that you like to see what did you think about Kobe White yeah I mean I'm happy for Kobe He's had a, a few decent games since he went back into the starting lineup. And if that's what Donovan wants to roll with moving forward, certainly at least until Zach comes back, I'm cool with that. Because I think I still believe that Zach and Kobe together doesn't quite work as your starting backcourt. Um, so when Zach comes back, maybe Kobe can adjust to going back to the bench. But in the meantime, it wasn't just the fact that, you know, he made some big uh, shots and he had that one, you know, key driving layup late in the fourth quarter, but also was just doing a very good job playing the two-man game with Vooch. Simple things that we haven't seen Kobe doing in his second season as far as just being a, a, a floor general type point guard to make the right reads and the right decisions. And several times down the stretch, he got the ball in Vooch's hands and we gave the the, our best player, the ball, in good position to score, establish good post position. And and uh, other comments that Kobe had after the game, like, you know, he he missed Tice rolling, you know, when he, he slipped free on a double screen in the first half. And, it, and he, I thought it was funny. He said, yeah, his brother texted him at halftime to say, hey, man, you missed Tice on that one. And Kobe acknowledged it. And then you saw in the second half, they ran the same play. Tice slipped through the screen. And Kobe set him up with it for a perfect lob dunk. Like, we, we are starting to see Kobe slowly figure some of these things out. And I'm, I'm happy for him, and I hope that continues. But my big question is, what happens when Zach comes back? Because we've we've seen the way that those two play as a starting backcourt, and, and it's it's trouble. That's why I'm wondering if, like, if Tice and, and Vooch are both going to help them and maybe they're starting to learn a little bit more how to play, how those two can coexist at the same time with other two other bigs who are exceptional at passing. I think they're starting to realize more and more, too, that Patrick Williams can pass, although we've talked about some some of his sliding. I don't know. I think he's hit a rookie wall, but over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about his decrease in volume of shots, just production overall. I think there's a way Zach and Kobe can exist on the floor at the same time together. 
I think this all goes back to Kobe just being able to hit shots again, doing what he is best at, the reason why the Bulls drafted him. Because quick and athletic, and he can knock down a damn shot from anywhere. He's doing those things again, and I think it's making him more confident in the other areas that he's been working on when he struggled with that over the last month or so. Uh, him knocking down threes is similar in in Lowry's case, too. Is Lowry knocks down threes, he's more confident in the game. He tends to have a better game. Kobe, same way. He starts knocking down threes. He's a little bit more confident. So I've liked how he's played the last two games. Um, It's nice to have an all-star when Zach's out, too. How about that? Like, Vooch, 13 for 23, man. I mean, he's the reason why we won this game. Yeah. I mean, 29 on 13 of 23. You can't ask for much more efficiency than that. He even was 50% from downtown, 3 of 6, and just made big plays late. Like you, you've also even seen Vooch uh, contributing on the defensive end a little bit better than he has. Like we all knew that he wasn't some great rim protector or defensive stopper and that, you know, for the most part, you would see him playing, you know, mostly drop coverage and the Bulls would be exposed at times because of their perimeter defense and, and Vooch would be hung out to dry just like Wendell was, just like Gafford was before we traded both of them. Uh, but Vooch has just been such a sturdy presence of all-star caliber production on the offensive end to a point where when they go away from him for a quarter every once in a while and and he doesn't get uh touches in the post you're like what what are we doing why aren't we using this guy more like feed him the ball so i was nice uh, i was glad to see him and kobe working together well to get good looks down the stretch of this game um but you know like you mentioned you know patrick williams and and what he needs to do to be more involved some of the other role players around Vooch while Zach is out. I think the other player that you really have to give credit to for last night's win is Garrett Temple. Um, you know, Pete Ub was probably, despite rookie mistakes, one of this team's better defensive players while Temple was out with that hamstring. Since he's come back and he just, you know, said after last night's game, he finally feels like he's 100% conditioning-wise, health-wise, after playing a few games on, on limited minutes restriction. And... He hounded Jason Tatum last night. Tatum was three for 17 from the field. Like, yeah, he had a triple-double, but a modest one, and he was three of 17. Tatum credited the Bulls' defense for really making things tough on him last night. And I I saw the stat. I can't remember from who on Twitter last night, but that was Temple's 15th start for the Bulls this season for various lineup changes and his injury. The Bulls are nine and six in the 15 games that Garrett Temple started this season. Compared to this team's overall record, gee, you think maybe that guy is a little underappreciated? 100%, man. I brought it up on the radio last week, too. Like, we were talking about most significant turns as far as where this Bulls season goes and why the Bulls were in a rut, similar to what we were talking about here. And the one thing that I think a lot of people who aren't like, who aren't diehards like you and I are, who are sitting here and living and breathing with every single minute, overlooked Garrett Temple. So I think that's a great point. People overlooked how good he is on defense. Like you were just talking about him locking up Jason Tatum. That's part of the reason why they won this game outside of Vooch just going absolutely off. People really underestimate Garrett Temple's impact on other players around him, too. He builds confidence. I, I think... It's weird to say this, but it it feels like guys might feel a little bit more comfortable 
and assured when he's on the floor as opposed to somebody else like Denzel. You don't really know what he's going to do. Whoever else is in at the wing position. It's like Garrett Temple knows exactly the play he needs to make, whether it be on offense or defense. Uh, those guys trust him. And it's not to say that they don't trust Denzel completely, but he's a little bit more, I don't know what he's going to do. My point being is, I think you're right, 100%. People very, very, even even writers who've, who've been following this team all season long, too, I think have underestimated the impact Garrett Temple has had on the floor. His impact off the floor, I think we all can agree, has been amazing. Him and Thad have been invaluable to this team this year. So, um, a combination of all of that, man, it's good to see the Bulls get a win against a really good team on the road. So this is exactly what they needed if they wanted to pick up. They want to pick up where Zach sort of left things off and hopefully make a playoff run. I mean, that's still very much alive. We were talking to the Cleveland guys yesterday. I think they they looked like they didn't want to play yesterday. So I, I, I didn't watch the conclusion of the Pistons game last night, Pistons and Cavs, but it sounds like those guys are out. So the Bulls have a good opportunity here, even despite not having Zach. Something to play for. Absolutely. Uh, the pressure's on. They're not going to default their way into 10th anymore. Toronto's been picking up wins. Washington, freaking Westbrook just refusing to quit, has been picking up some wins. So we'll see how it Seriously. goes. But the, the Bulls have dropped a lot of winnable games. Um, so it's good to see them get a good win against the Celtics, like you said, on the road. But, man, there were some... Some weird things going on in Bulls Twitter last night after their second win in three games without Zach. I want to talk to you a little bit about that, Jordan, because we got we to gotta set some Bulls fans straight. Before we do that, though, I wanted to tell you all that today's episode is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and always reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everyone and doesn't require membership or even an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpeting. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate, quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. This episode is also brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with us, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. We will be hosting our Locker Room tomorrow. We will be doing mailbag as well, so make sure you download the Locker Room app right now. We do them once a week, and you can join in on the conversation as well. All you have to do is sign up for a free account, make your profile, make sure you follow Locked On Bulls, and Jordan C. Malley and the Locked On Podcast Network. You'll be able to get it anywhere. It's available only on iOS devices right now. So join us on Locker Room. If you don't have an iOS device, maybe you're like Matt and you have an Android, 
don't worry. We're going to put the podcast up after the fact. So you might not be able to be a part of the conversation, but at least you can hear it after the fact. So you can continue to hit us up on our text and voicemail line, but join us on Locker Room. If you want to join and be a part of the live experience, we will do mailbag tomorrow with voicemails and texts. It's been great over the last couple of weeks. So once again, go download the free Locker Room app right now. Currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link to your Twitter, NFL, MLB, NHL group for the latest league updates. You can follow us as well at Locked On Bulls. Locker room changing the way we talk about sports. Shout out to all my Android people. <laughs> all your Android people will be listening to the podcast after, unfortunately. <laughs> But uh, it's been fun. It's been fun. Uh, hopefully, Locker Room soon will come out with a Android version of the app. Um, Matt, before we, before I say we conclude the episode with the Billy Donovan stuff because it was just that good, and it kind of can leave us asking a few questions as we end the episode. Let's quickly though tell me what's going on with Bulls Twitter before we talk about Jabari Parker. So okay, I knew it was coming <laughs> when the Bulls pulled off this win. I knew it was coming from certain people. Uh, there are certain members of Bulls Twitter I know, certain beat writers even, like our pal Joe, who was so quick to suggest after that win, oh, hey, maybe are, are the Bulls better without Zach Levine? Gee, oh, they're 2-1 and one in the games that he's missed. And plenty of Bulls fans who believe what Joe believes. Or, or what Joe is is feeding, um, you know, as his narrative this season, which is that Zach is not as valuable a winning player as someone who is worthy of a max level contract. Um, and, and that's a whole other conversation for another day. And I think that it's unlikely we'll see Zach sign an extension this offseason. However, the fact that there is a non-zero amount of this fan base who believes that this team is better and would continue to be better without the services of one Zach Levine is ludicrous, and we need to chop off this argument at the knees. I'm sorry, but the guy is one of the most efficient scorers in the NBA this season. He is an all-star, and just because you're finally starting to get a little bit of cohesion and gelling between your pre-existing roster and the new arrivals, the new parts of Billy Donovan's rotation like because that's happening while Zach is out it also means that this team is better without Zach Levine please come on man it's, it's ludicrous it's nonsense Jordan it's disrespectful to Zach and it's a dangerously stupid narrative for all these people to be feeding to each other I'm I, I, in what level of reality do you take an all-star averaging 28 points a game out of a team and say that team's better. So this is bad time to ask if we can have the most improved, com most improved player conversation and throw Zach Levine in the mix. Is is that what you're saying to me? Is people don't want to have that conversation? Well, look. Usually, it's a player who makes a a bigger leap than what Zach has done this season because maybe he wasn't an All Star snub last season, but he put up. Pretty darn good numbers last season too. People, I are mean, talking his efficiency about, numbers you know, are up still all, in basically every category right. this season. Right. I get what you're but saying. You, the you leap don't hear is bigger. People talking about him as a front runner candidate for that award. People mostly start with names like uh, you know Jeremy Grant, 
going to Detroit and taking on a much bigger load. I mean, Zach could um, Zach could go to Detroit and drop forty a game, like right, right. Those are the conversations I'm, I'm, that I'm they're having, though. Right, um, but I, I mean, may, maybe Jordan Clarkson is another big one oh, yeah. because he's he's playing a very big role on a team that's actually really good, um, as opposed to Jeremy Grant, who's just you know crazy usage percentage on a team that's bad and going nowhere. So I, I, I don't think it's an outlandish thing that Zach isn't at the forefront of that awards conversation. But what is outlandish is that a percentage of Bulls fans think that this team is better off without him, which. I'm I'm sorry, but no. Did did you just forget about that Memphis game from last weekend that Zach missed and we got rocked? We got worked? What is the what? conversation more around the fact that Zach won't ultimately lead to a championship, or is it the mere fact that they're having this conversation now as opposed to three weeks ago before we made the trade for Vooch. Are they saying, okay, we are in a better position long-term to be able to build for a championship team with Vooch plus one or two other stars as opposed to Vooch and Zach short-term and long-term? Is that where the conversation is going is ultimately people don't think that they that Zach can bring you a championship as one of the main pieces? Yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think that the Zach doubters have always felt that even with the addition of another all-star like Vooch, that it's not enough and that we need a third piece. As soon as we got Vooch in the trade, a lot of Bulls fans started talking about, okay, well, what's the third piece? Like, you know, we were talking with people in our mailbag saying, what's the third piece? We've National got people were talking about it, man. Right. Like Bobby Marks brought up uh, Bradley Beal. I just heard um, Brian Geltziler from SiriusXM. He brought up Bradley Beal's name as uh, the possible third star. So that's that's been mentioned a couple of different times, which is fantastic. We should continue to have those conversations, not the ones about, well, we can't build around Zach, so blow it up again. Like, do we really want to go right. off the rails here and go back to the conversation we had about, okay, trade away your star. When's the next time you're going to win again? Yeah. And so I think the other big part of that conversation, especially after last night's win, which as you and I talked about, credit to the Bulls as a entire defensive unit for their level of intensity and efficiency on the defensive end. They created turnovers. Uh, they limited their own. And that was a big difference maker in that game. They made big defensive plays down the stretch of that final five to six minutes of the fourth quarter. Colby White getting steals, you know, Patrick Williams diving on the floor for loose balls, Garrett Temple making plays. And so a lot of the people who say Zach's not a winning player, he's not a plus player, because yeah, he's giving you points, but his defense, how many points has given up? And people say that about Colby White too, but it's it seems like there's a like a, a Venn diagram of people who believe in Kobe White and trash Zach for his defense. And it's like, have you seen Kobe play defense? The the defense we saw Kobe play last night, I have never seen that level of defense from Kobe White before. Ever. And it was, he was awesome hitting to shots. Because he was hitting shots. It's just like right. Lowry. It's just like Wendell. But, it's because they were hitting shots, the confidence is that I I see your so, point. Uh, I, I saw people saying, well, yeah, of G, of course. Because I retweeted a, a Garrett Temple quote saying, hey, yeah, turns out defense can win games. And somebody said to that, like, well, yeah, imagine you you take out uh, a defensive liability and put in his place a plus defensive player like Garrett Temple, the team's defense is going to be better. It's like that is such a lazy way to look at it because, you know, Zach gives you way more on the offensive end than Garrett Temple does. And kudos to Temple for knocking down all of his three three-point attempts last night. That was big. The Bulls needed him. But Garrett Temple's presence 
it doesn't mean that you can't have Zach and benefit from Zach's all-star caliber play on the offensive end. Because this team, at times, started Garrett Temple and Zach Levine in the same starting lineup. Just because you have Zach out and when Zach comes back, it's not like you have to kill Garrett Temple's minutes. Donovan can figure out a way to play them together. Because clearly this team needs Garrett Temple's defensive presence out there because it elevates the rest of this team's defense. But to suggest that, like, well, yeah, well, let's just bench Zach because, gee, look how good we played on the defensive end with Garrett Temple last night is insane. I mean, it's that those aren't even conversations worth worth even talking about. Like, to get that riled up, like, who in their right mind, like, Billy Donovan would never entertain that idea. Like, Kind of think about it that from that perspective. Something that I picked up from what you were saying there, though, like people saying, okay, the the Kobe White played great defense last night, like him playing very hard. Let's also put into perspective that he wasn't guarding Kemba Walker. How many points do you think Kemba Walker drops if he plays last night instead of Peyton Pritchard or Romeo Langford? Right. Like those are the dudes that Kobe right. was guarding last night. It wasn't it wasn't Kyrie Irving or Kemba Walker, like any of the top point guards cook Kobe White on a nightly basis. We've seen it before. We have more than a large sample size of that. I don't think we need to go back down those conversations either. My point being, though, if people are really, like, all of a sudden, like, nah, well, let's just be out on Zach because look at what Kobe can do by himself. I think that is just absurd. Like, to me, that is an absurd take, and I'm willing to just leave it there. Um, I want to get yeah, to the Billy Donovan I, but thing, I, I think it, we can't ignore the fact that those Bulls fans exist. I mean, and call them out on their nonsense. How many of those Bulls fans live in the same circle as the ones who never wanted to trade Jimmy and like still to this day bring that up as like it's it's Probably four years some. ago. Isn't it crazy too? We haven't even talked about the fact that Jimmy and the Bulls could end up head to head in the play in. Like right now, if the play in started today, it would be the Bulls in the Heat. Oh God! <laughs> so I, that might that come is, back. That, is... that might resurface. This might be a theme that might resurface in a couple in a couple of weeks. We only got fifteen games left, so uh, that is a, that is something I don't need in my life, Jordan. Um, okay, we did want to also get to a specific comment that Billy Donovan had post game last night that you and I both thought was really interesting. Uh, about this team's transition since the trade deadline. But first, though, uh, a quick shout-out to BetOnline. Today's episode brought to you by BetOnline.ag, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The NBA and NHL are in full swing, and Major League Baseball is just getting underway. Real-time odds updated and props on almost Anything you can imagine, BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. The best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Best part is if you sign up for a new account at BetOnline, they will give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use promo code Locked On. So you sign up for a BetOnline account and put 200 bucks in. They will match that with another 100 bucks free as your welcome bonus on that first deposit at BetOnline, BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Again, that promo code at sign up is Locked On. All right, let's hear from the man. Let's hear from the guy that we actually want to hear from. Uh, because I think this this goes back to our conversation even last week, Matt. I think it, it, we were talking about, like, do Bulls fans, are, are they starting to second-guess what the Bulls decided to do at the trade deadline? And we were even trying to kind of narrow down, like, do people understand even before they made the Vooch trade that 
AK was pretty clear about, hey, if we're going to make a move, it's not going to be just for this year. It's also going to be a move where we can do things short term, two or three years and things that could possibly impact us five years down the road. So that's the way that they were thinking. That's how we should have anticipated this front office approaching the trade deadline. That being said, I think Bulls fans are a little disappointed after the high we were on of landing Vooch plus Daniel Tice plus Troy Brown Jr. and thinking this team was going to change all of a sudden overnight. That wasn't the case. So Billy Donovan, I think, put it perfectly, Matt, after the end of the game. And he he talked a little bit about how the Bulls have been out of rhythm. And frankly, it's not a bad thing either. It's just it's the case of it's not a video game. It's not 2K where you just switch rosters and overnight it's different. So let's take a listen to Billy Donovan. And he talked about this and how it's impact the rhythm, the overall team. I don't mean is maybe how it's going to come out, but the trade kind of really messed up our team a little bit. And I don't and I don't say that like in a negative way. What I mean by that is everybody kind of got out of their normal rotation, their normal, you know, how they were playing, how they were being used. And I think we lost a little bit of our um, competitiveness, not because, you know, we didn't want to compete and play hard. I think it was really more the fact that the matter was guys trying to figure out how to handle their roles and what to do and what to do in their role. And I think what happens is when you're thinking a lot, it takes away that edge. And, you know, we've changed over a period of time, but, you know, in fairness, I think to those guys, it's it, it, the trade took us some time, you know, getting used to. And I do, like I said, um, you know, back when we were playing at home, I think going forward, it's going to be really good for us and it's going to help us. There's no question. But with the limited amount of practice time, guys being in and out and guys trying to learn a new system, it's been hard to practice practice and kind of get any level of cohesiveness. But, you know, we kind of lost our way a little bit, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit after the uh, Orlando game. You know, those guys, you know, met and talked. And I, I think, you know, they all know what they need to do with inside their role. And they all need to, they all need to, they all understand how they've got to play for each other on defense. And they're going to have to give that kind of effort. And, um, you know, they, those guys have done a good job making the, the, the commitment to do it. But I do think some of it earlier on was, I, I think guys are maybe overthinking and try to figure out, you know, you know, my, my role's totally changed. Like I've never played this way before and I've had no practice time and the game's starting and all of a sudden Vucevic is down in a starting lineup against San Antonio. Tice is not there. He comes back for the next game. He's in the row. And all of a sudden it's like, you have to do that. There was no other way around it. But I think it took a toll on us. I think it really took a toll on us. And I give our guys a lot of credit for staying the course and trying to show the resolve to keep sticking with it, to try to figure things out, even though, you know, we had some very, very disappointing and, and heartaching losses. But I do think think that you know they're starting to understand how to play with each other now to your point it's been two games in a row can we come back against Cleveland and do it again can we come back against Charlotte and do it again that's the sign of a good team when you can consistently do it and to your point it is two games but I'm anxious to see how do we come back and do it the next night out against Cleveland the Bulls haven't done that in the second half Matt they haven't done the streak of like three weeks where they're blowing leads and all of a sudden making the comeback or continuing to fight and I think that they can do that in different ways now I think most importantly to take away from that too is Billy Donovan didn't even mention the fact that the Bulls were on the road for nine of ten games coming out of the all-star break man like that that itself has a huge impact on this team um how do you feel after hearing that I, I loved it I, and I think he hit hit it right on the nose that hey this might not sound like a good thing, but it, I think it is a good thing in that we needed time. The, this season, because of the COVID schedule, already made it tough for teams to actually get in practices, especially while they're traveling on a road trip, like you mentioned, where the Bulls, right after the trade deadline and getting all these new pieces, played nine of ten games on the road. And by the way, 
several of those, most of those were against playoff caliber teams. Most of those Western Conference playoff caliber teams. And the Bulls nearly pulled off upsets in multiple of those efforts while they were trying to juggle all these new pieces and Donovan was trying to figure out the rotation. And he's absolutely right. The people's roles changed. When we saw Lowry and Kobe go to the bench, they clearly had to go through some adaptation and try to figure out what they were supposed to be doing. And, you know, Thad's role changed, and most everybody's role changed. Some people were taken out of the rotation entirely. Like, well, right, except for Zach. Zach's role remained the same. But uh, even Billy Donovan has spoken to Zach's, you know, effort to get Vooch involved, and that may be having an effect on, on Zach having some less efficient games recently because he was focused on, you know, welcoming in the new guy and his sidekick, his partner in crime, to be like, okay, let's get this guy going. Let's make him comfortable. Um, and, you know, I, I think even Vooch in particular coming over from Orlando and knowing the emotional and mental toll that leaving that organization took on him, you saw when he was first asked about it after the trade how emotional he got and I think he's kind of in, in in one way or another admitted to the fact that it took him a little bit of time to get himself right um, and, and get into like the realization that, wow, okay, this happened. Tice said the same thing. He said he was pretty shocked that Boston moved him. He We wasn't expecting to get moved. So there's a lot going on here. And it was all happening on the road during a crazy stretch of the schedule. And it's it wasn't fair for the fan base to expect wins to just start reeling from all directions in all of these games. And the fact that Donovan is aware of what happened and now that they're finally hopefully starting to gel and come out of those struggles and they will be better for it is a good thing because there's still plenty of games left to be played, 15 games left, and they are right in the thick of it for that play-in tourney. And if they can come out the other side with – okay, we all know our defined roles now and continue to play, not just, you know, feed the ball to Vooch when Zach comes back, hopefully let him get his thing going and, and the role players play their roles. But how about how about some effort on the defensive end? Because last night we saw just how much that can contribute towards winning too. If everyone knows their roles on both ends of the floor. They don't pay fans to play defense. How happy were you to see that guy? Jabari! Dude, he oh, slammed. I, it, his only basket was a absolute poster. No, he, he also had an alley-oop dunk in the second half. Oh, did he? Oh, maybe I was looking at his second half stats. That's why he was one for two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gonna, no, oh I mean, like, good for him. Good for him, man. I'm happy for him. I'm happy he found another spot. Uh, we'll see how long he sticks with, with Boston after. I mean, like, is is there any rock bottom that's rockier and bottom bottomier? than getting waved by Sacramento. Like, that's that's brutal, man. That now he's on a winning team, though. He's on a winning team, though, and he's got a chance to go to the and playoffs. And he's playing minutes. He, yeah, he, good, good he for did, him, man. He did look half bad, and he stole the ball twice from Thad, too, while he was playing one-on-one. So he could play a little bit of defense when he wants to. And I, so as I was saying to my guys, Big Dave and John, on Hot Mike last night when we were joking about Jabari, my, my hatred of him has, or at least my... My propensity to make fun of him has subsided since Gar and John were they don't replaced. Pay fans to because play it was mo- mostly it was them signing him to that contract that bugged me, and there were certainly some things about Jabari's performance that validated how I felt about that decision. 
similar to the Dwayne Wade contract. I was mostly mad at Gar and John for doing something stupid, but I took some of that frustration and anger out on the player who benefited from that contract. So, you know, I'm now I'm just happy for Jabari. He's still a Chicago kid. He's had a lot of injury battles to fight through his career, and I, I wish him luck at Boston and beyond. And I, I just, uh, when he was here, and even after he left, but while Gar and John were still in power, just hearing that name bugged me. But now it's like it's in the past. Time to let some things go. But that I don't even know what we call that syndrome. But it's like lashing out on players that it's not really their fault for being who they are, right? Right. Like yeah. the Sox do that too. But it wasn't we, Campaign's fault. Right. That they traded to get him, <laughs> and we're like, "Yep, he's our point guard of the future." It wasn't. It's not Campaign's fault. It's he's Campaign, and look, he's playing well with the Suns too, man. Like, why is it that? We won't go down this road. I promise we won't. But I just want to know if somebody can answer the question why during that period of like five years, every seeming like every single one of those guys that got had a horrible experience here, got bounced from Chicago and has gone somewhere else and been successful. I don't know why that has happened. And maybe we can answer the question with with this. They've been in this building. Maybe that's the reason. I don't know. Um the the thing I wanted to oh too we got Luke Cornett as well we got a Luke Cornett mention uh, Luke Cornett he caught a body last night all I'm gonna say is we don't have to we don't have to talk about it long but the white Robert Ori posterized dollar store Dirk like that is what happened last night and I hate to call Lowry that but that's what it was last night I think that's even an insult to something Dirk related that you could buy for a dollar at a dollar store <laughs> honestly that's that's an insult to Dollar Store Dirk. Oh. Uh, so, with that, it was nice to see that. How do you feel like what made you more angry is the fact that Dwayne Wade jumped into the episode yesterday or that Jabari Parker made an appearance today? Uh, hey, you know what, man? Woosa. I can't rub my ears because I got headphones on right now, <laughs> but Woosa. I don't. They are both in the past. I don't care. You know what's going to make time- me real angry is when Zach leaves in free agents and he goes to Utah because he wants to play for Dwayne Wade. Oh my God! What? What? That is the first that I have heard that scenario thrown out there. I've uh, seen no. Bulls fans already talking about it. Utah fans already talking about it. But like I said, if Zach hits free agency, let's hope that is not the case. He's going to LA. He's going to Lakers, man. It's 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 a wrap. It's done. It's oh, signed and sealed. If he hits free agency, he's going to go to the Lakers. Um, what what be- would bug you more if he went to the Lakers or if he went to Utah? No, if he went to the Lakers, it, it, there's no question. Like, because I know then LeBron's going to stay for a couple more years. You know, whatever they do with AD, maybe they trade him because of his contract to sign Zach. LeBron will right. find his way on that bench, even if he's not starting in games, to be involved in that. So that would make me angry that Zach would help LeBron win a championship again. Yeah, that would really bug me. <laughs> I would mostly just feel bad for Zach. If he went to Utah, because he would have to live in Utah at least for a significant part of the season. Hey, no he can hang out with our the, fearless leader David Locke. I was just gonna and, say and, we can hang out with David Locke. Um, <laughs> with that said, let's hope Zach doesn't hit free agency. Like that is that is a conversation we do not want to be having, um, and it doesn't seem like any signs are pointing to that. So. Uh, until that day comes, we will continue to progress and talk about maybe actually building around Zach long term. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll still be surprised if he signs an extension this offseason, man. I, 
I think so too. But that doesn't mean like it's it's about the money. I get it. It's a business too. So that doesn't mean anything though. It, it doesn't mean that he doesn't come. He doesn't stay here long term, right? That's true. That's true. And in the meantime, hope he's okay. Hope he's getting better. And all of you Bulls fans who have said over the last couple of wins, hey, maybe this team's better without Zach Levine. Evaluate your life choices. Maybe get a CAT scan and and stop talking until you get the results of that CAT scan. With that said, thanks for everybody listening. Thanks to everybody who's been watching us on YouTube. We're live on YouTube for the first time this week. So our first episode went up there yesterday. It was our crossover episode with the Locked on Cavs guys. Uh, so go check that out. If you like watching your podcast instead of listening to it, check us out on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe as well. Matt and I are going to be doing a giveaway. We're going to do benchmarks for our YouTube channel as you continue to subscribe. Our first 500 subscribers on YouTube will be entered into a drawing for Zach Levine jersey. We'll continue to do those benchmarks as we raise our followers and our subscribers on YouTube. So go, if you haven't gone already, go subscribe to our YouTube page and you'll be able to get every single one of our episodes as soon as they come out. Uh, So this has been a lot of fun. Matt and I are here on video and excited to start incorporating guests into it as well. And it was fun to do a crossover as well. So now you guys get to the actual opportunity to see us instead of just listening to us. But if you want to continue to listen to us and listen to us every single day, subscribe to our podcast uh, anywhere you get your podcasts. You can hit us up at 331-979-1369. You can drop your text, voicemails, anything you got for us at 331-979-1369. Remember, we're going to do Locker Room tomorrow. So if you want to be a part of that conversation, sign up for the Locker Room app right now. Make sure you download it, sign up for an account, make your profile, and then follow us at Locked On Bulls and you'll be able to know when we go live tomorrow. We'll also tweet it out as well. Uh, we're on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley at Bulls underscore Peck and at Locked On Bulls. For Matt Peck, I'm Jordan Malley. Bulls Nation, have a wonderful day. Be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Deuces. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. Thanks a lot.